0: Well, hello there and welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we welcome certified life coach and friend, Michelle Olander. Michelle specializes in helping people eliminate consumption of animal products and helps existing vegetarians and vegans take on challenging new goals. Today we're going to talk to Michelle specifically about some of the challenges of being vegetarian or vegan and how you can overcome them. But before that, let's hear from today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the Golden Apple Roundtable. Who are the members of the Golden Apple Roundtable? These are the folks that help ensure that the lights stay on at Vegetarian Zen by providing us with monetary support via Patreon.com. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get support from their fans, followers, and community members. Many people don't realize that there are costs involved in putting together a podcast, but we do incur costs for media hosting, website hosting, equipment, etc. Any monetary support that we receive through Patreon goes directly back into the cost of producing the show and keeping it going free to our listeners. If you're interested in supporting us on a monthly basis, please head out to patreon.com forward slash and there you will see a video of Larissa and me. And in that video, we discussed the mission of Vegetarian Zen. On the right-hand side of the page, you're going to see some various support levels, anywhere from a dollar a month to $50 a month. And you can also customize your uh, level of giving, by the way. Those are just some suggestions. Certain levels will qualify you for some Vegetarian Zen swag, such as a car magnet, recyclable grocery bags, stickers, or a T-shirt. Even a dollar a month can go a long way to help keep the podcast going. So thank you to our current, our past, and our future Golden Apple Roundtable members. Thank you. If you're not interested in contributing on a monthly basis, we also have a one-time button located on our website that says buy us a juice. If you go to vegetarianzen.com forward slash support, you will see that at the bottom of the page. And you can provide us with a one-time monetary contribution to help support the show. All right. Are we ready to talk to Michelle?
1: Yes, I am so excited. I love Michelle. She is such an amazing person. So Michelle Olander is a certified life coach and podcaster committed to helping people limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products and create a vegan, vegetarian or whole food plant based practice through Veg Your Best Michelle presents tools and ideas that encourage you to pick a big goal and start right where you are now with what you've got. Michelle earned a B.A. in Russian at Smith College, an M.A. from the University of Massachusetts in the history of art, and has successfully completed the plant-based nutrition certificate program through Cornell University. Michelle's, quote, impossible goal is to help encourage a million people to move toward veganism by coaching individuals one-on-one and par- partnering with vegetarian and sustainable startups, side gigs, communities, and thought leaders. And I think that's totally an obtainable goal,
0: don't you? I do too. So let's bring Michelle on the show. Welcome to the show,
2: Michelle. Hey, Vicki. Hi, Larissa. Hey, it's so good to have you here. Thank you, thank you. It is a pleasure and I've been listening to you guys since even before I was vegetarian vegan since I was an excusitarian, as I always <laughs> That's so, good.
0: Uh, okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: All right, so I am a mom and a grandma. I have uh, I have three adult kids and uh, we live in southern New England, half the time basically in Rhode Island and um, half the time in Western Massachusetts. My husband and I have built a uh, couple of businesses, but the main business has been an advertising agency, a media buying agency that we started around our kitchen table when we were just out of college. So that's been our, so we've been self-employed forever, forever and ever. I love to hear entrepreneur stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and it and it has informed everything that I do, but um, yes, so we've never, we've never basically had the safety net of a... I remember my husband, when he was getting serious about me, said, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to have a job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to tell you too, just a little sidetrack. I had a dream last night that I was back in my old job, but it was really loosey-goosey kind of thing. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I have a manager and, and I haven't really been talking to her. Like I couldn't even... Imagine how that goes anymore.
2: <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, you're a, you're a free agent
0: now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's
2: really a different way of looking at things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Lo- I love the the dream of the uh, entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, it's sometimes it's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: that's very true. It's not. It's sometimes it's very scary too.
2: Yeah, so many. Well, we I we uh, we built a family together, built a business together, and um, a number of years ago, I. St- I um, started wanting to move away from the kind of food I was eating. We were always very like, organic-y, markety. This area, Western Mass, is, um, they call it the Happy Valley. It's the five-college area with Amherst and Mount Holyoke and Smith College. And there's a lot of very kind of um, all the best things about a counterculture type of scene. Beautiful markets, great farmers, great really people who... Who bring a lot of education and intelligence to these artisanal parts of of our of our culture, and so even before everybody had organic food, the West Western Mass had lovely organic markets and things like that. So food was always kind of we were very deliberate about food with our kids um, and with ourselves, and then over time, I just really did not want to be eating as much meat and but I protected myself a lot. I didn't think about it too much. I just kind of didn't want to. And then my daughter became quite, quite strict vegetarian in high school. And so then I started to really educate myself a lot more about it because I didn't want her to be a diet Coke and French fries Vegan or Oreo vegan. I really wanted her to be f- feeding herself well, so that kind of started me. And she's been off and on s- strict in since that time. But I became much more strict as time went on, as I edu- as I learned to educate myself on the subjects. So, um, so I called myself an excusitarian in the beginning. That's that's what I called myself. I would be vegan vegetarian unless I had a really good excuse, like. A holiday or traveling, or I was at my mother-in-law's house, or you know something that it was just like, oh, that's hard. I have an excuse. How did you get into life coaching? So life coaching happened to me. I was always a little, um, so I was always drawn to a lot of. I knew about life coaching for years, but I didn't really focus too much on it. After I became really pretty strict, practicing vegan, I noticed how. Just that decision made so many other things possible for me, just because I had said, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not eating that sort of food anymore. And I would say, I never thought I could be vegan until I stopped thinking that. And that really kind of opened me up when I ran into the concepts of life coaching. That is really what they teach, this idea of your thoughts, create your reality, not in a full-on woo-woo manifesting way, but just in a way of really organizing your focus, organizing through that thought, through a decision, you start to focus on solutions to things that used to sound impossible. And when I thought veganism was impossible, I didn't have any solutions for it. But when I started to lean into it and think, well, maybe I could do it imperfectly, or I could do it, some of the time, most of the time, well, it it started to snowball the positive effects of it. And so that is, so just kind of coincidentally with that period of my life, um, I, I ran into life coaching and then I wanted to be certified in it because I found it so valuable.
1: So did you get, did you seek a, just a general life
2: coach certification? I went through the life coach school. And that's a year-long certification with lots, I don't know how many hours of um, practice and um, clients and classes and tests. And I never really thought I'd be a life coach all along. I wanted to use those skills in my own life and with my own family and with my own ideas. But the combination, I think, in rapid succession of becoming vegan being successful with it, feeling successful with it, and then being certified, realizing it's really, I can help people who think this is impossible and they don't have to be perfect at it to feel great about what they're doing. I, When I was starting with veganism, I noticed how many people really think, well, I can't because I can't give it all up. And there's so, I don't see any reason that you have to. I just don't see any reason that you have to be perfect at any of these things And yes, it would be nice if nothing, you know, nothing is harmed in the making of this body, you know, that would be like a great idea. But we start with what we have, where we are, what we can do.
0: I love when two things come together like that, like life coaching, and then veganism, that how they kind of came together. And you said, Hey, why don't I be a life coach that's focused on helping people in that particular space? I love those types of little niches. because there certainly are. That, that's what makes it different, right? That's what kind of sets it apart, I think. I You're think like
1: so. Reese's peanut butter cup for for coaching. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One makes the other one better, maybe. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the um so many people in life coaching coach in the subject matter of weight loss and um and business. There are a few other things that are very normal niches for life coaching, but Weight loss never really. Um, there's plenty of people that do a really good job coaching for weight loss, mm-hmm. but I didn't see. In fact, I think I'm the only one on the entire life coach school. If if you click through, find a coach, I think I'm the only one that coaches in plant based and vegan coaching. That's uh, so. interesting.
0: Yeah, it certainly is a niche, but that that is really interesting, and and uh, you certainly bring a lot of experience to
2: both. So that's that's great there's not there's not a huge number of people that think of because I don't deal with food that much in my coaching. Um, there's so many you've had so many people on the podcast who have incredible cookbooks and meal plans, and I mean, I've learned so much through listening to you guys over the years. So I don't handle the food part of it so much. I try to help people not think things that get in the way of them choosing the foods, choosing the behaviors, choosing the activities that help them along the way. Um, because you, I mean, honestly, you guys have brought so many, the wealth of information that I've learned through your podcast has been unbelievable.
0: Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. you. Yeah. It's funny you say that as well, because we're not like food blog either. Mm -hmm. We, we kind of have, we're like this hub where we bring all these people together. So we try to give a platform for folks like, like you and then the authors of great cookbooks or the author or the people who have great services that mm-hmm. are plant-based or products that are cruelty free, that kind of thing. That's what we try to focus on ourselves. So that's that's really great. And that's why we really appreciate having somebody like you on the show because it really helps with um with the mindset aspect of it mm-hmm. as well. Because I am a big believer. One of my my own mantras is how you do anything is how you do everything. And I just really feel like you what you were saying is so true that it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just about the food, it's about the mindset. And that's why I think it's, it's so great to actually, and makes so much sense to actually have a coach in this area that kind of helps you in this area, because it just can go out to other aspects of your life as well.
2: It absolutely does. And people who do want coaching to help them Um, Make some people find, you know, even some people just want to eliminate certain categories of food because they're finding that a problem. And um, but no matter what we coach on, we coach on everything. Right. So you're coaching on whether your partner or your child or your spouse is on board with your choices and how do you how do you handle that? And or do you, we coach on whether you're feeling overwhelmed and depleted at the end of the day, and that's when you really miss having certain kinds of food. Um, so we're coaching on not the food all the time, but who you are, how you show up in your own life when you're not feeling at your best, and when you're bringing a bunch of thoughts which are like, "Well, that's pointless." But I don't know what your negative thoughts are that you bring. My, mine very often is. But does it matter? That's that's the one I have to notice when I'm going, ah, eh, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, or I've already screwed up today, so
2: you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's over. And, and and it's completely <laughs> irrational. It makes zero sense, but somehow it's like a universal human thought: like, oh no, today's ruined. We'll worry about it oh. tomorrow. Oh, and tomorrow's Sunday, so we'll wait till. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, yeah. no, Monday is st- at the end of the month. Let's wait till the 1st of next month. So right, we can Right. we all do it. We all do it. This episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast
1: is being brought to you by Cheery Bird Vintage, our online vintage store. Have you ever caught yourself saying they just don't make them like that anymore? I have. We have, both of us. Uh, And this is why we decided to open our online shop filled with many of the clothes, shoes, games, toys, housewares that we grew up with that our grandparents used, our parents used, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, Vintage items are not only fun and unique, but reusing them helps free up space in landfills so it's also good for the planet and it's fun. So whether you're looking for something vintage chic to wear or something fun and decorative for your home, or maybe some old toys to play with, or give them to your kids, but you actually play with them, uh, check out our shop at cherrybirdvintage.com. And now
0: back to the show. So Michelle, as a coach, what are some of maybe the top challenges that people come to you with, that they're trying to, that that, that they seek your help with?
2: Well, a lot of people um, think it's gonna be restrictive, to give up categories of food. And so we work on, um, typically we talk about how most of us are already restrictive in some ways. Now, if you have uh, a history of real disordered eating, that's above my pay grade and I don't handle that. Um, so that, that sort of person would probably not seek to coach with me if they have real problems with rest- restriction. But a lot of people throw that word around where I'm not sure it necessarily needs to be. Um, so I always say I used to eat as a child pickled pig's feet, literally from a jar that was sold in our local Connecticut supermarket. You know, it was not a weird, I didn't grow up in Appalachia or in some <laughs> kind of ethnically, you know, strange <laughs> detailed kind of um, cultural food center. Um, I just used to eat those. And most people think that is disgusting. And I truly agree now. Mm -hmm. But I used to eat those. And so but every most people were already restrictive when it came to pickled pigs feet. Mm -hmm. So we talk about how it's a thought that some of us make mean something very negative. And so as long as you go, oh yeah, well, veganism is restrictive. That's kind of just a a way of marginalizing that way of eating, which is not necessarily true if you look into it. So I always i I'm on on um, Instagram I usually put my lunches because I eat a very large, wide variety of food at lunch, and the only reason I do that is so people shall see I'm not eating a, a salad with some shaved carrot and nothing else. Right. And I
1: I think it's a a good way to look at it is it's it's a spectrum and you're just kind of shifting where you are on that spectrum. Because if you if you think of it as like, like all the foods that you could possibly eat are all laid out in a big long line and you cut off half of them. it's, It's not it's not that it's just you're shifting to the other side you know and there's exactly. so many more foods for you to explore and learn about and and try that you know if if you if you focus on that then it's not so much about restricting the other stuff as it is learning all the
2: the things that you haven't been eating exactly you really do incorporate a lot more food and very often one of the problems i i had at the beginning was i wasn't eating enough food because if you're used to eating kind of the normal, you know, meat type of protein, starch and veg, it's much more filling than if you have all fibrous plant foods, mushrooms, water, a lot of water and all those Mm -hmm. ingredients. And so I was hungry a lot. And I hear this all the time. Well, I'm hungry. I can't, you just have to eat more. It's not a problem. It's not going to make anybody um, overeat. You just need to have more Uh, beans and grains and larger portions.
0: So, yeah. And as somebody who has dealt with restrictive eating issues pretty much all my life, I was telling Larissa, I went on my first diet when I was about 11, that or 12, and had a very unhealthy relationship with food my entire life, where I would go in my teens, I would sometimes go days without eating and Mm -hmm. zero out my calories and was so like obsessed with that whole thing. Uh, it, it is very important I think what you were saying to not so much focus on the what you can't have and I have to even be careful with with labels sometimes because if I think of myself oh I'm a vegetarian or oh I'm I'm plant-based or whatever that can even feel like confining to me to mm-hmm. with those issues you know I'm 50 gonna be 53 this year that's a long time of dealing with those issues so right. I have to really back off of that at times and just say no you have a choice you can eat whatever you want well I'm blessed that I can eat whatever I want whenever I want it and have to remind myself that it's truly a choice that I'm making and not something restrictive but it's funny how when you condition your yourself this way over years that that can that thinking just starts to creep back in like a dark cloud almost if you're mm-hmm. not careful yeah.
2: Well, and this is the power of our thoughts and the habitual thoughts we've had and thoughts we bring with us from childhood about what's normal, what's weird, what's powerful, what's weak. I mean, we bring a lot of baggage and I don't do any kind of therapy, but I do help my clients when they use a term that's loaded. I try to ask them, what does that mean to you? How do you know something's restricted? How do you know something's not restrictive? So mm-hmm. to just get them, and I never tell anyone what to do. That's the other thing. Um, I'm not one of these coaches like um, from TV shows where they, you know, mm-hmm. tell you what to do and stop yeah. it. And this is what, how many macros you need. Never, ever, yeah. never, never. You are an adult and you know what you need and you have a relationship with your medical history and your medical team. And I never tell anybody what to do about anything. I try to help them listen to themselves with tremendous um, compassion because a lot of us beat ourselves up, especially about uh, about food. And I would say most, hopefully it's changing, but I think a lot of uh, people who are socialized as women have a very fraught um, relationship with food. Though I think also plenty of men do too um, in a different way, but I typically work with women. And we do have a lot of baggage, a lot of thoughts we have about food. Restrictive is one of those words. Um, can't is very important. I think it's great that you said that, Vicky, because people say, "Oh, oh, no, you can't have this." To me, out of love, I mean, out of love and thoughtfulness. But I always try to remind them, "No, no, I could, I can, I really yeah. choose not to." And yeah. I think you, you've heard this a million times from most vegetarians and vegans. We, we, we don't. We kind of push back on that idea of can't
1: hmm. Well, and I think, you know, that for me is what's kind of become more important, too, because, you know, with um, I'm diabetic and, you know, so of course I can eat, you know, cookies and, and cake and candy and all that stuff. I can. And I ate a lot more in the past than I did. But what I try to focus on now is, OK, yeah, I, ca- I can eat this. I can eat this piece of cake. But how am I going to feel? And that's becoming slowly, it's becoming more persuasive to me, because I know, okay, you know, I'm going to have a splitting headache, and I'm going to feel exhausted. And I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to feel dizzy or whatever, whatever it may be. And so that's becoming more of a focus for me than it has been in the past.
2: Well, it's so true because we often have another thought competing when we're we're, part of us says, yeah, I'll feel lousy if I eat that food. And there's another part usually that says, yeah, okay. (laughs) But but, but (laughs) I'm really
1: stressed out right now. And so I'll just eat this food and deal with it later. But yeah.
2: Right. And and that's the thing, if the more time, as we get really, I, I have to say that, even though I had kind of been exposed to it for large chunks of my life, I didn't think I had thoughts. I really thought I was saying the truth. I thought I was saying like the weather. Yeah. I want cookies. I'm, I'm stressed out. Um, I want, I want dinner. Now I'm, I'm tense. You know, I thought, no, I'm tense is a real thing. It's not a thought. Dinner will make me feel better. I thought that was a fact. Mm -hmm. So the more, time you spend and the and that's why a coach can be helpful is cuz they challenge you a little bit when you say those words when i say those words my coach goes uh what does that mean what what do you mean by that what is what is what does stress mean right now for you and you're like no stress stress right no but stress. no we, <laughs> but we all have a story in our head that we tell as if it's actual fact like it's written on you know, a wall somewhere, and it's um, it's it's a process, and nobody ever gets to the point, as far as I know, where they're Jedi warriors and they have only only thoughts that they've specifically chosen in their brains. But yeah. food brings a lot of this out for most of us.
0: Yeah, that's true. What are some other challenges that people come to you with with uh, in your coaching business?
2: Uh, a typical one is, um, how can I? really practice as a vegetarian or vegan when my partner or spouse isn't on board that's a big Um, one we we've heard that
0: over the years too just in our like community like our closed facebook group and such
2: yeah so so what what kind of uh well obviously obviously there are all kinds of degrees of it in terms are there is someone actually actively working against you and not you know not throwing your your vegetables out or you know there are I have never heard of that situation that it was that somebody was an active saboteur of a plant-based diet but um sometimes but usually we want to just stay in our thoughts about well why do i need that why do i need my husband or my partner or my my roommates why do i need them to say yes and usually it's because you're feeling incapable in some way kind of like not ready yet and that you need someone to like hold your hand a little bit and so sometimes you feel like oh it would be easier if my partner ate the same way I do it's but I'm validation.
0: not sure. Validation. It, I was going to say we're yeah. confirming almost. Yes, like. I think okay. you're
2: right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what, what I mean the validation, the confirming. And so people feel like it's already a little marginal in our society, right? To not eat any animal products or to have limited the number that you eat. So I think um, it's also a little bit of an excuse, right? I mean, it's a little bit of because just because someone also eats vegetarian doesn't mean they're going to eat the same way you do either. So they may be eating a lot of vegetarian snacks or desserts or things that maybe you don't want to. Maybe you're more for a whole food vegetarian. So we can't expect the whole world to validate, to confirm our choices. And I think it's a, it's the, the process is usually getting really clear on what are you making it mean if somebody you love eats differently than you do? Is it disrespect? Is it that you don't belong together? Um, Usually we have a story about it. Mm -hmm. That's right. And again, going back to how
0: you do anything is how you do everything kind of thing. I think that goes for even in relationships. Like I couldn't imagine Larissa trying to sabotage anything that I was Mm -hmm. trying, whether she believed in it or not. And I think that really goes deep into what kind of relationships do you have? Uh, You know, we had a couple of episodes ago, we had a Peggy Brusso, the contented vegan. Yeah. um, And she was talking a little bit about living in a household with mixed uh, eating preferences and about how you really just need to sit down and come to some compromises. Like, for example, some some, uh, plant-based folks are very specific about the pans that are used and those types of things that they don't want meat, which is completely understandable, cooked in their pans. But you have to have those conversations. And I think that any healthy relationship those are not too difficult to have, you know, that you compromise just to compromise, Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm not going to sneak meat into your food. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing, or I'm not going to, we're just going to be respectful of each other.
2: I totally agree. And it's, it's an area, some of us feel it's we've become, when we choose to become vegetarian, that we've, started to become more demanding. A lot of people feel like, oh, now I'm that girl. I'm that guy that has to have a long chat with the waiter or the person at the supermarket or spend an hour and a half reading ingredients. And sometimes there's a discomfort as you take on that personality. But I'm a mom. I have three kids. And I was uncomfortable with a lot of things that I had to do taking care of my kids. They didn't come natural naturally to me to like double check about the their health care, their pediatrician's visits, their mm-hmm. dental visits. It's just something you learn. You're not it, it doesn't come naturally. It's something you can do. And you take on the role of mom, take on the role of partner, take on the role of a business owner. They all require you to do these kinds of fussy and not, maybe not natural behaviors and conversations. So we, and this is above anything else. What I teach is it's okay not to have it figured out yet. You really don't need to compare yourself to someone who's been doing it for six months, six years, 60 years, You no matter what, no matter what it is.
1: Well, and even the people who have been doing it for six years or 16 or 26, they they don't have it all figured out either.
2: Exactly. No, we, and we all get into our patterns and we all learn uh, different, different stages. And, and so, and this is also one of the big areas I coach on is all or nothing, you know, perfect or pointless. Mm -hmm. I think I called it in one of my, one of my um, chapters that, that is such an unhelpful way to think about the world. In terms of the people you love, in terms of your job, in terms of what you, your hobbies, perfect or pointless is just no fun at all, (laughs) zero fun. So, and I like things to be a little bit fun. Yeah, just a funny story.
0: And I'm sure Larissa will like me telling this. I wasn't going to we... say anything. <laughs> oh, no, you both know. <laughs> well, well, when we first got together, I was very much an all or nothing, which is a kind of person for a very long time. And this is how a right partner will make you a better person, help make you a better person is that we got into an argument like early on when we were dating, and I thought we were just broken up. Like that was it, <laughs> you know, and she's like, no. he's like, that's it. it it's ruined. That's what <laughs> so she laughs at me now. Whenever I get into that mentality, she's like, it's all ruined. It's all ruined. It's all." And, and I was like, she made me step back and think that does sound pretty stupid, you know, and, uh, of myself to yeah. think that way. And so she's helped me loosen that for myself and that I used to be very, which goes, which fits right into what I was saying about being very restrictive, very like, unhealthy issues with food because it was all or nothing for Mm -hmm. me. So I can totally see how that is something that uh, a coach can help you through because uh, luckily I had a partner who kind of helped me through that. But if you don't have that, uh, you, you having somebody to help you understand, no, that's not the way it is. Like one of the things I hear from people when I say I, I am plant-based or, uh, I don't eat meat. They say, Oh, I couldn't imagine giving up my favorite hamburger Mm -hmm. or I couldn't imagine not eating steak again. And if you look at it that way, yes, absolutely. That becomes a very insurmountable challenge. Very depressing. And yeah, but I think one of the things is that really just saying, well, okay, I choose, first of all, I choose not to, if I'm choosing something, it's different. And then also one of the things that I realized, we're actually, it's so much more things available now. And especially in this day and age where, you know, we've been, we started Vegetarian Zen in 2013. It was even the things that were available then are not, I mean, were, right. were nothing compared to the things that are available now, where you're starting to see even in your favorite restaurants where they have even vegetarian, King, vegan, plant-based, you know, right. Yeah. We just had, uh, we just tried uh, Unreal deli, which is a uh, lunch meat, faux meat mm-hmm. that is in like Quiznos, and we got sent some samples of that. and it was so good. So I mean, it's just amazing what is available to you now. So sure, if you're just focusing on what you can't have, that all of a sudden becomes nobody wants that, no matter whether you have issues with food or not. Nobody exactly. Make, you know.
2: And I think that's a good point. Uh, Vicky, the idea of giving something up forever. You'll, if you think that you do have to pick the right time and the right place, the right situation. And I don't see any upside to it. So if somebody says to me, Yeah, well, I better not do that before my daughter's wedding because, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Okay, how about you just eat whatever is what you want to eat available at your daughter's wedding? Why let your daughter, why let a meal in a month or a family event? In three weeks, why let any of that make a difference? But we we feel like no, no, it has to be forever. And I have I, I was telling a story on my podcast the other day about in the early days of me getting serious, I would drive from Rhode Island to Massachusetts, and local people will know exactly where I mean, but I would cross on 91, cross a bridge, and I was like, there is a KFC at that exit. And I don't know why that was one of the last things. I don't I never really ate KFC, but for some reason fried chicken original recipe was something I was like am I really never going to have that again? <laughs> so <laughs> I would as I would drive by, I would go, "You know what? You can stop. How about you stop if you want to? When you drive by, you stop." And I would just always say I had complete permission to stop and have it. And I think I only stopped one time in the in kind of the preamble for me getting serious. Yeah. And I'm sure I didn't even finish it. But it was just like when we tell ourselves no never again forever, that's a lot. That's a lot to put on a new a new undertaking of any kind, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Well, and when you give yourself that permission, even if you never take advantage of it, it takes the pressure off.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and honestly, making mistakes, having, um, you know, I, I, I'm i no expert in the field of addiction and recovery, but everything I understand is relapses, mistakes. We want to make sure that we love ourselves. We love the person who's, in, who's making these decisions. We always want to love ourselves through all these situations. There is no upside to beating ourselves up. And that's the first thing when I work with someone, like we've decided, right? No beating ourselves up forever. That's just it'll start for sure. It starts in me too sometimes. Like I make a mistake or I'll go, oh, you're so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just I go, know. no, 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 we don't do that anymore. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. And um no. and oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead. No, it just it's I think it's the number one skill to learn. And most of us think, oh, well, if I never beat myself up about it, I'll just never accomplish anything. I'll never try anything hard. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that is not true. I absolutely believe it's not true. I think we can love ourselves throughout our rough patches, even when we're not living up to exactly how we want to live or behave. I think we can really make so much more positive changes in our lives when we love ourselves.
0: I wanted to ask you too, and I just got to thinking about when we were talking about compromises within the family dynamic mm-hmm. or even friends, right? Because I think friends can sometimes have issues when you change something about you that might potentially impact them. And I know you said you work, you have a lot of women clients. And mm-hmm. I, I was wondering if this was a common challenge, is that women I think sometimes have a harder time expressing what they want so in other words I think yeah and Larissa and I are very different there I'm very direct and that's just I think my mom says I was picking out my clothes when I was four so I mean I'm very I just have a strong personality and I've just always been very direct about what I want never really had an issue with that but I can totally see some issues there with what do you like uh, no, I'm not okay with picking the meat out of that dish. I mm. want the dish without the meat, right? Or yeah. no, I'm
2: not okay with using that pan. Is that something that you see in your coaching practice as well? Uh, it is. And it I certainly, it, it certainly speaks to my condition too. There were times that people would put cheese on top of things and I didn't eat cheese and I'd be like, and they'd like, oh, wow, forgot. And you'd be like, uh, no problem. I'll just, pull it off. And, and I don't do that anymore. I, I, and that's part of that idea of loving myself before I would make it mean my request is fussy. My request is sometimes I, I will say, and I think this is true for some people. I felt like this was very privileged of me. Like this is food and I am saying, no, I won't eat this food after. And now it's going to go to waste. And that was a big change for me to um, say, well, listen, that's on them. <laughs> I ordered mm-hmm. the correct thing.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and, and I still... think you can be nice about it, too. Yes. Right? It's not like you don't have yeah. to care out about it. Right. You're just right. Like, uh, you just have to be, you know, you just say, oh, I can. You, would mm-hmm. you mind making another one or whatever? That kind of thing. right.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I think it's also and, and one of the reasons um, that I got. Better at it was my daughter, I said, um, had a a vegan journey of her own. And I thought, no, I need to show her how to order in a restaurant, how to talk to the um, waiter, how to ask Mm -hmm. for what she wants in a polite, thoughtful, but also like, no, that's not how about we put three sides together and, uh, you know, to come to be solution oriented. And I don't know how long it would have taken me to do that without being the mom who was trying to model that behavior mm-hmm. but now I get to model it for my clients so because yeah. I've practiced so often
0: what a great lesson and again that goes to how you do anything is how you do everything if you, if you can learn to order your food the way you really want it that spreads out into other areas of your life too because it totally you don't to stand does. up
2: for yourself right for sure absolutely yeah. true and that and so and I always think that if some of my clients are people who are in some place in their vegan or vegetarian or plant-based journey. And I see how many of them also now have a side gig or a new initiative or a new project that they want to get off um, out of mothballs out from the back of their brain. Because I think when you can be so deliberate about a decision you make multiple times a day, when you can start to incorporate that intentionality of your breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner, where my food comes from, what I'm willing to eat, what I don't want to eat, what my choices are, how I support myself, how I model and vote for what I want in the stores, how I underwrite certain kinds of um, products and don't pay for, I mean, we see that in the milk, right? The milk section of the supermarket, because people chose differently, it has created an enormous new industry. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that um, what goes right along with a plant-based journey is a lot of interesting entrepreneurial ideas. And they're not all food directed, but um, but there are all kinds of ideas of sustainability and social justice ideas and community enhancement ideas. And so I've been very excited to work with people in their, these other parts of their lives, not just how they want to eat. Because I think they really go, as you say, yeah. one thing is the same as the other. Yeah. Right. That's great. Right.
0: So I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast. So can you tell us when that started and, and make yeah. some of the, the things you talked about on the podcast?
2: Yeah, it's called Veg Your Best. And it's my whole thing my whole point like we've been talking about no need to be perfect it's not veg perfect it's not veganism you know um in a militant way it's it's moving towards veganism in a very inclusive loving way i wasn't born vegan i think most people who are vegan weren't born vegan and so i love the people who are going to be vegan wherever they are on their journey and even if they never get quite there so it's veg your best and you and Larissa are part of my inspiration for that, because when I became vegan, I, I didn't have mentors, I didn't have friends that were on this journey with me. Your podcast, some other podcasts like uh, Howard Jacobson's Plant Yourself and Alyssa from Live Planted, I mean, there were a bunch of podcasts I listened to all the time, and they really normalized this lifestyle for me. Um And because if I had tried, otherwise I would have felt like, what am I doing? I'm just alone making weird choices that nobody else (laughs) makes. (laughs) So you were, you were my, you were my peers. That's nice of you to say. No, and it's true. And so I thought um, when I I became a life coach and I wanted to offer that extra voice, that slightly different voice, a little older, a little more um, from a, from a, A long-term entrepreneurial background with my husband. I'm a grandma now. And, uh, and I have, so I have my own little slightly different point of view. And mostly we talk about life coaching tools and how those can be used, whether you're trying to move towards a vegan point of view or plant-based point of view, or whether you're trying to, you've already got that dialed in and you want to talk about life coaching with someone who gets your journey, your um, what's important to you as a, as a vegetarian.
0: Yeah. I think it's so important that people hear different voices so they can find, first of all, the vibe that really resonates with them, but, but also because it's like you said, it's important to see we come in all shapes and sizes and ethnicities and ages and genders and all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, like Larissa and I, when we first started, the podcast, I I felt a little like, who are we to do this? Because, well, first of all, you know, we're, we were junk food vegetarians. We ate a lot of processed foods. We didn't, we weren't sure what to, what to do. We were so imperfect, but I thought that's exactly the reason why we mm-hmm. should. Because if somebody just sees somebody, and I'm certainly not discrediting anybody that's like in shape or anything, but if all they see is somebody that looks like they've got it all together all the time, they might feel intimidated by that. So Absolutely. that's why I said, we don't have it together all the time. <laughs> and that maybe is going to help people say, oh, look, okay, I don't have to have, have it all together all the time. I'm just trying to do a little bit better every day.
2: Yeah, no, it's so important. And I, I some of I, I laugh because a lot of the people I listened to, other than you, were these ultra athletes like Rich Roll, yes. <laughs> who yeah, are yes, like middle-aged is. white guys who were like doing insane <laughs> things and nothing had nothing to do with my life, you know. Yes, but, I, but they kind of like demonstrated another part of the puzzle of of a, of a people who for whom this was normal. Right. 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 Absolutely. Well, Michelle, it has
0: been great talking to you before we, we let you go. I definitely want to talk about uh, where people can find you.
2: Sure. Well, I have veg, your best is on all the podcasting platforms and that's a veg spelled like hedge because it, at one point we're going to talk about hedge your bets with Veg Your Best. But anyway, V E D G E, it's probably a long <laughs> walk for that. Veg Your Best, it's on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all the major um, podcasting platforms. Veg Your Best also on Instagram and Facebook. And Michelle Olander Coaching um, is on Facebook. So I'm pretty easy to find. And there are um, links in all my show notes and in Instagram. And anytime anybody wants to, Um, I have lots of hours per week that are put aside half hours a week that are put aside for people who want to just talk about what life coaching might mean for them. If they wanted whatever their particular life situation or curiosity is or plan or goal right now on the podcast, we're talking about impossible goals and that can be anything, any, any kind of impossible goal. And so there's a lot of great uh, tools that I Put together in the podcast, and I'd be happy to discuss them in in particular with anybody um, on a consultation
0: for free, That's completely great. for
2: free. <laughs>
0: That's great. Okay, and I want to give some firsthand experience props to your coaching, Michelle, because I did meet with you at, for some coaching sessions and. I really got so much out of it, so much out of it that I referred Larissa over to you. And I know that she <laughs> and I love I stole you. you and I I still have you. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I, every
1: week, every Wednesday, I look forward to to our, our time together. And I mean, you've helped me so much with, you know, just work through all sorts of different things and and um, just get myself organized and motivated. And, and uh, so I really appreciate that. And oh, when I
0: started a- talking to you right out, I was very confused, very discouraged. I I have no problem with because we've mentioned this here too. Even just knowing where we were going to go with the show and and how we were going to continue, and I had been laid off from my job, and I know there was a level of depression there just from that. Even though I was excited about being able to dedicate one hundred percent of my time to vegetarians, and it is a very scary thing going from something very structured like a corporate job that I was in for twenty years to now you're in this kind of open open water ocean where it's great. And a lot of people think, well, it's awesome to be your own boss. Yes, it is, but it's also very scary. And I I think with a good coach by your side, to be able to help ask the right questions Mm -hmm. that you can help to um, that was Ruthie shaking her head, agree in agreement (laughs) uh, that you can really help to set the course. And I Mm -hmm. felt so, so I got so much out of our coaching time together that I just kind of just, hit the ground after that, after that point. And that's why I said, uh, Larissa, I knew she could benefit from that too. And yes, she tells definitely. me every week how much she gets from you.
2: Oh, well, that's—it's been an honor to to see what you guys have built. And when um, when you were talking about what to do with the, this, uh, to the with the show, Vicky, um, you know that that's that sent shivers through me. What you're not going to concentrate on the show, <laughs> but I didn't tell you what to do. <laughs> no, you
0: didn't. But you asked me the right questions to where you know you said, yeah. "Well, what else are you going to do? What else?" You kind of asked those right questions, and I thought, "No, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate mm-hmm. about. Makes me feel like I'm." giving back, like I'm helping other people and this really drives me. So, so I just wanted to really make, make sure to give firsthand, uh, Thank kudos you. to that, because I think it is very important to, yeah. to get uh, someone like you who can really help to, uh, oh, definitely. So yeah. you Thank you. Way. It's a
2: really it can right be a really powerful process and it doesn't have to go on forever and ever. It can be like you. I think we just met two or three, four times. I don't know. Larissa, we've been building something together. We've been and that's been a, uh, that's been wild How how successful yeah. you've been. You've done a yeah. lot. So that's just been fun. I'm just along for the ride with that. (laughs) Well, thank you.
0: And Michelle, I know that on your site, you also have a a couple of freebies, right? I know one of them helps to outline some of, we talked a little bit about some of the challenges that people experience, particularly if they're trying to take on like a vegan challenge. So we see those like around January and those types of 30 day vegan challenges. And so you've outlined some pretty helpful information about how people can help to overcome that. And I know you spoke a little bit to, to that here, but people can find that also on your website, correct? If they That's right.
2: Know. I think, I think we gave you the link for that. So anybody who's yeah. listening that would like to look at that it's called five reasons, vegan challenges are impossible and why you should do them anyway. And, uh, and it just shows you, you don't have to do everything perfect. And a challenge is a challenge because it challenges you to show up the best you can, wherever you are right now. Um, and so I think, I think that might be very helpful for a lot of people and it doesn't have to be a vegan challenge. You can just cross out everywhere. It says vegan and put whatever your challenge is. That's (laughs) true. So I would love it. If anybody would like to, um, download that the PDF, um, I think there's a link for that. And if, after that, if you'd like to uh, talk, anybody would like to talk about their specifics, it would be my absolute honor.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show, Michelle. We really appreciated it. Thanks guys. Thank you. All right, well, that was a great interview with Michelle and a little bit overdue, but she did, I know when she was putting together Veg Your Best and getting her coaching practice together, we uh, we kept talking about, let's do it, let's do it. So That's right. it's really good that we finally got a chance to do that. And like I said uh, in the interview, Michelle has just been so helpful in our own focus. So mm-hmm. I can definitely provide a testimonial. That's the word I was looking
1: for. Testimonial, <laughs> testimonial. And I can too. Uh, I I. Every time I talk to Michelle, I come away with with valuable uh, and helpful information and advice. So
0: I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.